Hello and welcome. You are listening to Embodied Curiosity. In this show, we will explore self-compassion and holistic health through the lens of embodiment, intuition, nature connection, and neuroscience. I'm your host, Michaela, and I'm so excited for you to join me. Welcome back to Embodied Curiosity. Today's episode is with my dear friend, Marianne Bouquet. Originally from France, she now lives in Bellingham, Washington, where she loves to visit her favorite nature spots. Marianne has been a professional voiceover artist for the past eight years and has more recently explored the path of herbalism, and it has become her new and deeper soul calling. In this episode, we discuss the topics she is feeling curious about lately, herbalism, plant spirits, nature connection, and shadow work. Follow her herbalism and nature connection journey on Instagram at mother underscore cedar. And you can also find her newly launched products on Etsy at www.mothercedarherbal.etsy.com. As a thank you for listening to this episode, use the discount code CURIOSITY to get 10% off anything in her shop. Hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Michaela? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I actually, you know, it's 9.40 p.m. and this is this is my best time of day. <laughs> I swear. I'm like so awake and alert. It's a strange thing. Anyway. Well, we're so mm-hmm. similar on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of my best work done. Late <laughs> night. Um, how was your day? My day was pretty good. We had some good sunshine up here in Bellingham and ended up um, going outside and uh, to my favorite lake and harvested some cedar, uh, some cedar leaves. So yeah, that was a really, really nice time. And it's funny how dark, like early, how early it gets dark now uh, at like 4.30, you know, you have to get out of the forest. <laughs> pretty crazy, yeah. But it feels good though. I'm not complaining actually like that. <laughs> Because then I get back home and I have the whole evening <laughs> to do things. So yeah. it feels really, really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining me on Embodied Curiosity. Um, I just want to start off by just asking you, what are you feeling curious about right mm. now in your life? Wow. Um, well, lately, I would say the main things that keep me curious um, are herbalism. Uh, learning about medicinal plants, especially, and uh, nature connection um, by spending a lot of time outside uh, and by myself. And um, also, um, it's kind of like on the tail end of curiosity because I've experienced it so much already, but I'm still kind of curious about um, shadow work in general, and especially in it interacting with people and talking about it, because I, I actually been asked um, a few times by different people, like, what was my experience of shadow work um, and facing the darkness, like we say. So, yeah, these, I would say, are like the three main topics right now in my life that keep me curious. <laughs> mm, yeah, this is definitely the season for the mm-hmm. darkness and the shadow work. Yeah. And yeah, it's been really amazing watching you go through that journey this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many years, but just the year that I've known you. It's been really, ins- really inspiring. <laughs> it's been a year already. Time yeah. flies. I know. It's yeah. great. Um, cool. I want to know a little bit about like kind of what led you to those. So what I heard you say is herbalism, Mm -hmm. nature connection, and shadow work, which Mm -hmm. just as a person on the outside, I want to reflect that I definitely see those things as things that you're curious about Mm -hmm. and really diving into. Um, If you want to pick one and just give me your kind of what led you to it story, that would be really nice to Mm. hear. For all three of them? Okay, I'm going to try to make it short. (laughs) You can just pick one if you want to. Yeah, so, um, yeah, herbalism, actually, it started probably back in 2011, 2012, when I was living in the French Alps. 
um, because I'm French, <laughs> and I was uh, I was actually studying um, uh, tourism, and the, the specialty I was uh, um, studying in particular was to create um, um, not like products or stays, you know, um, uh, for people to stay uh, like locally somewhere, and we had to offer like an activity and you know come up with a, a project like that to graduate and. Um, and uh, I felt inspired to actually work with the herbalist that was there. And uh, I had already some curiosity about plants, especially having moved to the Alps. You know, they're like wildflowers, it's everywhere, nature is abundant. And I really resonated with the French Alps at the time, like the, the environment there. So I was kind of like curious about that. And I met this person and she agreed to um, help me with my, my project on that. And she she ended up taking me on hikes and we she started like talking about certain plants with me and so my project was to actually create um a package for people to come and stay in um in um like um uh, what do you call this in English? <laughs> I have the French word that comes first. <laughs> but more like staying in you know like a like a Airbnb of some sort mm-hmm. and and they would uh, go harvest plants with her and then come back and make um, medicine with it, more specifically uh, skincare stuff. And wow, so that cool. was actually, yeah, that was my project idea. And um, so that's kind of how I started really getting curious about plants. And and then it kind of like quickly grew when um, I moved to the U.S. in 2015. And my partner at the time was actually really into plants. And so as I was discovering Colorado, he um, he would keep telling me about plants on our hikes, and I was just very curious. Always asking, like, "What do you know this one? And do you know its purpose?" And I would, you know, just starting like that. And so I did learn a lot with with him. And then it was my own, you know, my own classes, and and just you know, starting following people online that were herbalists, and yeah. So that's kind of how it started for me. But only a decade. <laughs> I know, but I really, you know, it was kind of like a surface level. Uh, level, but then I, uh, I really dove in when I moved to Bellingham uh, almost three years ago, and then I signed up for this program um, here with my wonderful teacher. And so I just actually finished my second year program, so now wow. it's over. But yeah, it's um, it, it was kind of gradual, you know. It was not like plants didn't come to me super early. It was just like, hey. I'm here, and if you ever get curious, you know, we're around. Mm. And sometimes I will be like, oh, who are you? And then, you know, not connecting with any plants for months and then meeting another one. So, so that was a very gentle and slow process. Mm. But, yeah, uh, moving to the Pacific North, Northwest was really a wake-up call. And I definitely, you know, felt that soul calling to really dive in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and here I am today. <laughs> What's the um, the teacher in the school that you've been working with? Her name is Leslie uh, Likos, and she works uh, at Wild Root Botanicals. Um, so she she's mainly teaching, um, and uh, yeah, she she offers a first year and second year program um, in plant medicine, and she co teaches with uh, another wonderful man um, who's a, a naturopath, and he comes uh, for the classes once a month. And his name is uh, Gary uh, Backman. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, but yeah, anyways, he's a wonderful person. So they they teach together. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend this course, mm-hmm. yeah, especially for to... people in Bellingham. You know, that's good to have that. Mm-hmm. Bellingham, Bellinghamers, check it out. I got to go on uh, on your friends and family weekend, so I just wanted yes. to say that. Wow, what an amazing yeah experience! And Leslie and Gary are just so knowledgeable and so caring as teachers, and it was really a wonderful experience. To thanks for bringing me. <laughs> um, so so now there, I think your new evolution of this passion of yours is is turning into making herbal medicines of your own. Do you want to talk yeah. a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm actually in the process of launching and um, it should be in the next week or so, hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be called Mother Cedar Herbal. And um, yeah, there's actually a beautiful story behind the name. Um, 
that I can share later. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, I, it's funny because uh, a year ago I was not thinking of uh, creating my own business around around that, and uh, I was kind of pursuing different avenues. And um, I remember there was this um, this one class where I, as we were connecting with certain plants, I felt the. I mean, I heard this message pretty much saying like. I need to do this. I actually need to keep it going. And um, since my, you know, I knew that a year from from then, uh, my course will be over. Um, I don't know. I just felt called like to keep exploring by myself and and being able to share my my knowledge and my medicine with others. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think I just needed a little, you know, confidence boost because at the time I was like, oh, you know, is this the right time to do this? You know, maybe I need to learn more. And but then I just you know the curiosity uh, kept mm-hmm. happening and I I started just like tincturing away. <laughs> I I love tinctures in particular and mm-hmm. so I you know with the summertime I I just like I I was just I would always run into plants and, and new ones and connecting with them and and was like oh I'm gonna tincture this one and this one and this one and <laughs> so now I have like a full apothecary in my house mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, it's 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 been such a, a humbling and and nourishing experience. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to to start that business and um, yeah, being able to share that with the world. Mm. I have to ask, what's your favorite alcohol to use for tinctures? Mm. So ideally, I use um, um, organic uh, grain alcohol. Um, so it's easier to like to to get it, um, you know, being with a having a license. So I was able to to um, uh, buy it with a few of my uh, my student friends um, a couple years ago. We we bought a lot and we just split the cost. Uh, but this year it's um it's been a bit a bit harder because nobody was actually wanting to buy. So mm. since I don't have a license, I I, I cannot do it. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, keep doing organic, um, but I'm hoping to, um, to be able to buy more of that organic grain alcohol, uh, that is really high quality. So, yeah, yeah let me know. Count me in. I'll buy some. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Always I actually have a friend, I have a friend, Nicholas, that, uh, uh, yeah, the, that actually, um, told me, I saw him a few days ago and he said that he needed probably to get more and he has the license. So I'll oh, keep okay. you posted. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> keep me in the loop. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about that. I, just to go even further back, cause I haven't asked you this before, but do you have any memories from when you're a kid and your connection with plants? Or I don't know, like I think of like little kids making, having bowls of water and just putting <laughs> them and we like to make things when we're kids. So I wonder if you have any memories that stand out from your childhood. I love that question because I was never asked that. Um, I actually don't really have any memories of like plants specifically from when I was a kid. Um and I, it's also, you know, growing up, I, I lived in an apartment and my parents um, never really spent time in nature or outside in general. So I didn't grow up like having this introduction really. And even at school, I very, I almost never had field trips, but I remember that actually makes me think of something specific and it's a very vivid memory. When I was seven or eight, um, we did have with my class, we had like a summer, um, a week um, away, um, like a field trip in the, the Southern French Alps. And at that time, I had just discovered this amazing movie that actually I kept watching into my teen years, like almost um, every other week because, you know, we all have that type of movie that mm-hmm. just, you know, we resonate deeply with. And the movie was Nell with Jodie Foster. And it's mm. not a very famous movie, at least in France. I don't know about in the U.S., but um, I was fascinated by Nell, this wild woman, I remember. And when I was in the French Alps and when we went on a hike in the National Park, and I remember that day I saw 105 marmots it was insane I got also super sunburned because nobody told me to put sunscreen (laughs) on my legs I was wearing shorts anyways but at some point we crossed uh, uh, the river and there were those huge flat rocks and so it was very easy to cross and Mm -hmm. I remember stopping um, 
in the middle one and some of my you know my my friends from class were ahead of me and when i was on this rock i i was reminded of that scene in nell where nell is on the rock on the lake and she and she lets herself fall like backward in the lake and it's a magical scene to me or also where she turns like she looks up at the trees in the wind and she starts turning with the wind being you know like totally connected to nature mm-hmm. and i remember when i was on that rock i've i've felt like I was Nell and I started turning around with my hands up looking at the sky and I was like just feeling so you know aligned and happy you know seven years seven years old and and it's funny because I definitely felt connected and then all the kids laughed at me and and I remember it was kind of not traumatizing but you know how it tames us when we have experiences Mm -hmm. like that and so anyways, but I have this very vivid memory and I know that, you know, had I been kind of uh, invited more to embody this, you know, and, and connect more to the natural world, it, maybe it could have started earlier. But I remember this this scene vividly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where I felt it for the first time. Um, so yeah, anyways, but then no more field trips. So I didn't really uh, have, have the opportunity. Wow, what a story. I haven't seen that movie, so I wrote myself a note. That I <laughs> check it out. It sounds amazing. It's magical, yeah. Oh, and I can just see you doing that. Yeah, Aww. that's a really beautiful story. Thanks. You I know, think actually, that actually, yeah, go ahead. Well, I actually ended up in 2010 when I, uh, I did a trip through the U.S. I went to North Carolina and I was visiting a friend there. And I knew that the movie had been shot there uh, by a specific lake, and I did research, and I found the lake, and he took wow. me there. And it was it was so amazing because um, we we got to it was kind of rainy. It was in the Blue Mountains, and we um, or the Cherokee Mountains. I can't remember now. It's been so long, almost ten years. But we got to like a shore on the lake, and we were trying to figure out where that cabin from the movie was mm-hmm. on the lake, and. I felt like, you know, we didn't have enough time. We we had no idea where we were exactly. So we I was about to give up. And then this guy, we saw this guy like coming back and pulling his boat out. And I was like, let's ask him. And I was like, hey, I was all excited. I was like, do you happen to know where the, the movie Nell was shot, where the cabin is? And he was like, oh, I totally know this movie. Well, the cabin's not there anymore, but I can take you to the spot. Oh, my and gosh. So On the boat? It, yeah, on his oh boat. So he put it amazing. back, and he let like he he like literally like took us to the spot, and we were on the boat for like twenty minutes. And oh I remember just I was ecstatic. I wanted to cry, and I remember I actually had the the nail soundtrack. I was listening to it on the boat as he was taking me there, and I was listening to the movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just in wow. heaven. That's so, anyways, so amazing. You took us to the spot, and it looked very different because you know the water levels were higher. And anyways, but I was like, oh my god, this is where they shot my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's so amazing. Anyways, wow, I, it reminds me of. Um... <laughs> I don't have a movie like that, but I had this book. I don't know if you had it in France or if you heard of this book, um, Island of the Blue Dolphins. No. That ring a bell? Oh, maybe other people will have heard of it. It was a really small book, but it was one of the first books I remember reading. And and anyway, I remember it just was constantly showing up in my mind of like around nature and connection. And it's mm-hmm. this, um, this woman that gets abandoned on an island and she just survives on this island and it explains like how she stays away from the wild dogs and how she builds her house out of whale bones and all this amazing imagery. Mm -hmm. And I found out like way later, like not that long ago, five years ago or something that this was based on a true story. And I remember that same feeling of like, and the, the time I found it out, I was down in LA visiting my dad and the island that it's about is right off the coast of LA. It's huh. this island, like, I don't know if you heard of, like, I'm not, I'm not going to remember the names. There's, like, a few little islands outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. off the coast, and it's one of those small islands. I think it's, like, St. Thomas or something. I can't remember oh, the name. But, yeah. But it's, like, crazy that it was right there, and then I was just, like, researching about this woman, and it was, like, a real story of this woman who, uh, I don't remember exactly what happened, mm-hmm. but basically she was left there all by herself for 18 years. And the craziest part was that at some point they went back out to find her. And this was in the 1800s, I think. And they found her and she didn't like speak a language anymore or anything. She was just completely wild. 
And then they brought her back Uh to the mainland, and she got sick and died almost right away. Huh, no surprise. Isn't that crazy? Wow. (laughs) Makes me think of Castaway with Tom. Yeah, yeah. It does remind me of a Castaway. But 18 years alone on an island? Wow. Phew. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, So anyway, those stories really, like, shake us. That's the the other one I told you about, which is Clan of the Cave Bear, that one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One. Oh, these, wow. so these are all sort of pointing to like the next thing I was going to ask about, which was nature connection. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, when you said you were curious about herbalism and then you made a point to say nature connection. So I think a lot of people maybe think, you know, those are definitely related, but what, what more do you want to share about what you're curious about with nature connection? Well, I think it was um, for me, uh, how I experienced it was to, First, being alone and being with nature by myself uh, was definitely a way to invite that. And um, finding, you know, going off trail uh, and sitting um, quietly and with full presence, um, you know, not using my phone or um, it's really... I mean, I, I feel like we all have a way of connecting with nature and we all experience nature connection in some ways. But um, for me this year, particularly at the end of 2018 and this year, I really, really made space for that. Um, every day uh, I would go out, um, like especially in the winter months, interestingly, I would spend a lot of time deepening my nature connection and the uh, at dusk and in the dark. Um, And I think it felt more powerful to me to connect with nature in that way because usually I'm alone. There's nobody. It's silent. And um, I get to be really present with everything. And my senses are like, you know, high up because I don't necessarily see that well, but I hear better. And um, and I, I could feel everything you know like the the trees felt right there and like they had a presence and uh, a soul to them and I remember that's where I really felt that nature connection is like I became a part of uh, of the whole there mm-hmm. um, like a, a part of the forest and um, yeah so that's kind of it's kind of like how I experienced it. And also, you know, paying attention more to the patterns and um, going to the same place over and over through the mm. seasons and noticing the changes and seeing a specific, you know, tree. Um, like the first time I saw that tree was, you know, in the winter and it was bare. And then I go in the spring and I see the first shoes like, oh, that's what you are. Mm. And, you know, and then you see it in full bloom in the summer. And so it's, this was, I think, yeah, the going back to the same places also was a way to invite nature connection is like connecting with a specific place and going back over and over um, and let it tell stories, you know, mm-hmm. let it share its stories with you. So mm-hmm. I and I had never done that because I I spent the majority of my life as soon as I turned 17 or 18 traveling and going different places and that's what I needed at the time I, I, I wanted to be a nomad I, I could not picture myself settling down anywhere it was freaking me out so I never really had the opportunity to create a relationship with one place it was never longer than you know four months or five months and so for the first time in my life <laughs> this past year and this year, um, I really got to, um, like see the same place, like two and a half years, you know, and, Mm. and it's never the same. It's never the same. It's fabulous. It never smells the same either. Mm. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. I love in the Pacific Northwest, like go out after a rainy day and you can smell fur. It's so strong, you know, like the petrichor word they use, like for the, the smell of the, the earth after the rain. So true. Do you hear my dogs? Yes, I can hear them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm listening. What would be Someone... a podcast without dogs barking? Anyways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, Can't do anything it's... about it. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> that's so true. The smells yeah. are just mm, brings mm. me there. Yeah, I love right. what you said about the darkness. Like I have not done that enough. And the few times I have almost on accident, it's like I go on a hike and I don't, I miscalculate the time. And then now I'm hiking home and in the dark and I don't have my light, you know? So it's like this, almost like you feel like you're in a slightly survival situation and you really have to use <laughs> yeah. your other senses. Yeah. And it definitely 
now that I think about it, it makes you feel like more connected. You're just like listening in such a different yeah. way and feeling and using so many other, yeah, of your senses than your eyes. And well, and, and because you're in the dark, you have to be more aware, right? It's mm -hmm. not like you can just look down at your feet and be distracted in thoughts. You you can only be there because you have to be aware of where you're going, how you're moving what surrounds you and of course with the darkness there's always a little part of us that has to be like okay let's be careful or you know um, it's just almost like survival instinct you know it's like I'm in the dark in the forest I'm alone you know <laughs> what can happen <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um, and that fear can be sort of humbling it's like mm -hmm. you know nature is really beautiful and it looks really pretty in a picture but it can also it can also hurt you you know and that's not something to be afraid of it shouldn't you shouldn't avoid nature because of it but it's yeah definitely right right there in the dark <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah actually it's I mean it personally as I was doing all that that shadow work um last winter and until June um I, it was going into the forest in the dark where I felt the safest it's so I had a lot of reflection on that and curiosity I was like why do I feel so safe in the dark And um, I was actually sharing this with um, a dear friend of mine recently, um, a few days ago, actually. And I took him to, to my favorite forest. Um, and he was very curious. He was one of those friends that wanted to know about that shadow work journey. And I shared the time I spent in the forest in the dark. And as I was talking to him about him, I had this realization, you know, that what I just said, like, why did I feel like so safe um, in the dark? And... It was, I can't remember how, I formulated it so well when I shared it with him. I was just like, we were in the forest, so it was, I was totally inspired. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but since I was doing shadow work and I was inviting the darkness, it made so much sense to go through that process in the darkness mm. and in the forest even more, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I remember like, you know, going through my day, um, doing work and feeling all those emotions and just letting them be. But then I felt the calls like, okay, it's, it's 3.30 PM. I need to go to, to the forest and I, I need to go there. Like it's calling me and I would enter the forest. And of course, you know, at 3.34, it's, it's dark, it's getting dark already in the winter months there. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I would hit the trail, something would surrender in me. And I remember, mm -hmm. Like being able to like finally let go and that could be crying. Uh, mostly, it was mostly crying with no mm -hmm. real explanation. It was just like I needed to be experiencing that and letting it be. And the the forest in the dark was that, you know, gateway or like that mm -hmm. way of me being able to embody my experience and um, that shadow work. And I remember just like looking up at the trees and I could see, you know, their silhouette um, just like against the, the, the purple, dark purple blue mm. sky and, and just having this sense of familiarity. Like I am protected, I am held and I can be whoever I need to be right now and I will never be judged and I can go through my whole process this way, this winter. And yeah, I just remember feeling like, Oh my God, here I am. Thank God. Thank you mm. for being here. And so, yeah, it's all that to say that that's why I felt so safe. And now it's it's clear, you know, after doing that reflection work is as I, I was going through this intensity of shadow work and um, uh, I could only, I can only really do it in the dark. And it just where I felt the safest to express that. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. I, it's like a womb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some, oh, some kind yes. Of, there's definitely safe places that are dark. Mm -hmm. too, so. <laughs> They obviously sleep every night in our cozy beds and they're yeah. dark. Mm -hmm. But mm, I haven't uh, had that very much, so I'm going to think about that. But I have the few times I have it. I know what you mean. It's mm. really, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, would you, would you be willing to share more about the shadow work that you've been working on or any, any kind of, I know you're, you're coming out of it, but now that we're back in this season, what's been coming yeah. up for you or what's been your yeah. journey? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a uh, big question. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm excited. I'm excited because, yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe I shared that with you. Um, yeah, it's funny as we are entering this, this dark phase of the year again, um, 
I've actually been feeling almost excited about it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. why am I excited? Because, you know, people, you know, I've been sharing like, oh, days are getting darker and shorter and and going inward. And some people have been feeling like grief coming up or, um, you know, like certain maybe depression or like going inward. And that shift, that energetic shift is happening for a lot of us, obviously. And when you're really in tune with the seasons, I guess, like it comes up even more. Um, But... um, Again, I've been feeling really curious about like, why am I feeling excited about this time? And I remember actually, as the summer came, I felt nostalgia for the winter months. And I was like, mm. why am I nostalgic about those those dark, uncomfortable months of my life? <laughs> and why am I excited for it to come again? And what I think it is, is that um, my understanding of it is that since uh, last winter, I really, I really invited this darkness in me to, to, sh- to, you know, to come to the surface and be released. Now this, this sense of familiarity, like it's, it's like, oh, I know you. Oh, like we say, you know, darkness, my friend. Mm. And so it's, it's like, I actually feel pretty content and, um, and looking forward to seeing what darkness has to teach me again or what messages are going to, you know, be revealed. And it's it's like it feels easier to invite it because I know it now and and I befriended it last year. So there's definitely yeah, a certain excitement around that. And it's like almost like, oh, I'm coming back home. It's here. You know, mm. and I think it's because I've never felt so at home that during those winter months, like I told you with the experience of nature connection in the forest. So it's like, yes, I'm going to go back into the forest at, you know, at dusk and, ah, oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also the cold, you know, there's a also a relationship to cold that I created and, and it's very different now. It's a, uh, it, it feels more like a friend as well. And, and because I created this relationship to cold, um, I, I'm not scared of cold anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like this whole winter thing is yay. And yeah, I, I, I remember you used to them. be scared of cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, I come from the Mediterranean in France. Yeah, yeah true. So, you know, it's like almost like living in, in a dry Florida type mm-hmm. of place. And so I remember, you know, moving up here, I, w- I didn't know how I would do with all the rain and the colder temps. And and I ended up like falling in love with that. So mm-hmm. I, I just I just think that I was meant to be here and mm-hmm. that's more of my happy place. Um, yeah, so yeah, I see excited. you doing lots of cold plunges too <laughs> <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> I've been well, trying to tell other people and spread the good news, but not a lot of people are into it. <laughs> it feels so good. But yeah, actually, a lot of my, the the friends around me are curious about it, and they've been asking to to go try it out with me, and and it's great because I would love to have more friends to experience that with. Um, but yeah, I I started getting back into it um, since you know it, it got colder, but I haven't been in ten days. It's way too long. Um, mm-hmm. It's I just feel like less of the need to do it because um, I did it so much last year. I literally I did it. From December 1st was my first day. So December 1st until May. And I went from December 1st until May once a week. Wow. And, and if yeah. I happened to um, like almost go co- close to two weeks without going, I would go twice that week yes. to make sure that I would balance it out. I was like, I mm-hmm. need my once a week. And so, yeah, it's been it's been good to get back into it. And I definitely noticed um, the like the, the difference how my body is so well adjusted now. So... I still go through the same mental game where like I'm excited to go is as soon as I start walking in the water, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? And then, you know, it's like, fuck, it's cold. Oops, it's so cold. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but then as soon as I immerse myself like to the neck, I have this like my body, I have this thing that goes and it's like, oh, but it's not that bad. See, mm-hmm. every time it's the same story mm-hmm. every time. And it's definitely, yeah, it's you have to train, you know. It's a whole like metaphor. Whole power muscle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I always have a really big exhale and then it's like, okay, I'm here. It's good. (laughs) And I also, I think I told you this, but I always like, I'll go with a group of friends and be like, I'll be the one, I'm going to watch. 
Yeah. Even though like I always go, right? But it's like I just say I'm just going to watch and it takes the pressure off. And then once I see one or two people go in, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. I want to go in. <laughs> and it looks so enjoyable when you yeah. watch other people. My body's just like, yes. Mm-hmm. But it does take a while to like associate the, the pleasure of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we definitely have a lot of like fear of the pain of being cold yeah. and different people have different levels of that. But also the darkness is just like all related. No, with cold water, the more you do it, the more like, you know, you, you like you have this body memory where, mm-hmm. you, you know, you start, you know, building up tolerance and you, your body adjusts and you quickly reminded of the benefits and especially coming out of the water is the most magical thing. So it's the first, you know, the first 30 seconds are usually the hardest, but then you have this, like what I call that fake heat that I feel in my body. Mm-hmm. And I know after that, after I feel this heat, I can stay, I can just mm-hmm. stay in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I also noticed that when I have a friend I can go with, it's we both feel like more motivated because mm-hmm. we usually have one that is more like they're feeling it more and the other one can be a little hesitant and if you see that friend getting into the water you're like okay I'm going you know it's mm-hmm. I noticed that too I have a dear friend who I do it with and that's that's often how it works yeah whoever's <laughs> more motivated you, that day yeah just the joy of the shared experience you know like you can some more the, most of the time you're into your own experience so you can close your eyes or just like be with your you you know your breathing but sometimes like with that friend like we make eye contact and we kind of breathe together you know and and we we're like without talking we know we're telling each other we can do this and this is actually magical let's do this let's stay here so yeah um I've been really really liking that it's been also very healing and one of the great benefits that I'm actually seeing now as it, it got colder is that I used to have cold hands and cold feet like mm-hmm. almost all the time. And it almost has never happened since I've been doing cold water. Mm-hmm. So even the other day I was barefoot in the forest and I was barefoot for 15, to 15 20 minutes and mm-hmm. I kind of touched my feet and, it, and they were still super warm. So I really, I really like, like seeing the benefits in that way and, and how I can, thanks to that practice, I can actually enjoy being barefoot even through the winter. How cool mm-hmm. is that? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're training your body to, yeah. to warm itself up like it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, my practice has been ending, ending every shower with cold or even just doing cold shower. And I notice like when I don't do that, I just feel not all the way awake. Mm. And that's, and that's made, it's taken the edge off too, of just when I actually do the outdoor cold, cold water, yeah. it makes it a little easier because I've been doing cold showers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, immersing yourself in cold water is a little harder than a cold shower in my opinion, but. Well, see, I think the opposite. Yeah. And I, I oh. love, I love that you said that because everybody is different and yeah, I true. cannot do the cold showers. Every time I try, I can't stay more than like a, a minute. It's just. It's just too hard. And I think what usually what I tell people about is that for me, the fact if I can have cold water and nature connection together, that's it makes it easier. And I usually do it in the lake. And so it's like it's calm. So I can just immerse myself and be in stillness. But Mm. with the shower, I feel like this thing is just like going everywhere. <laughs> you know, and, violent, yeah. and I'm like in between, you know, like three walls and the, and the glass door, and it's like, how am I able to really enjoy this? <laughs> wow, what's, so what's the gift behind it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not like looking at a beautiful sunset exactly, or anything, right? <laughs> so, oh, that yeah. moment at the nature connection retreat we went to, where we oh all went God. in. Oh my gosh. So speaking of just shared experience, it's really yeah. nice to do it with people. Get a group together. Oh, and I love that everybody went in, even people that had never done it. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really amazing, this like collective experience. And and for me specifically, uh, when I got out, like you guys were all out. And when I got out and turned around, we were all naked. And I saw you facing me in a like in this line and I got overwhelmed with love. It was just oh. the most beautiful things like seeing like those 14 naked bodies facing the water as it was coming out. And oh, that was just the most beautiful thing. And it was 7.30 a.m., you know, it was, oh my God. Wow. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's magic. such a good thing to do with other people. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So the only last thing I wanted to touch on, which we kind of did, I feel like, which is, um, yeah, this podcast is about embodiment. And I feel like we've talked a lot in little bits here and there about embodiment, like what you're saying about the feeling of being in the dark and the feeling of being in the cold. And even when you were talking about plants, I felt like there was a lot there, but I wanted to know if you wanted to share any, any thoughts you have on how you see embodiment in your life or in one of those practices. Mm. I don't know if anything comes up for you along, along those lines. It's a really difficult word to define. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's, you know, you can have a different explanation depending on the experience that goes with it. So, um, well, embodiment in like plants, I'm thinking, um, uh, how it resonates with me is that, so I work a lot with the spirit of a plant, right? So with my teacher, um, we've done a lot of um uh, like we did a few herbal consultation and usually I would go see her when I was kind of needed some support from plants, especially on emotional level. Or like when I was, for example, I saw her when I, while I was going through my, my, my shadow work. And, um, I remember just like feeling like since I was working a lot on like the mother womb, the mother wound, um, she, I was telling her like, you know, what I was experiencing, I need to feel supported and also doing ancestral healing. And so embodiment uh, for me in that aspect came as um, uh, taking a few drops of different uh, planting chairs and that my, my teacher intuitively picked, uh, knowing kind of like their stories and how they can support us. And she would never tell me she would never tell me what it was and she would just let me take the drop and feel through my body, like letting the spirit of the plant travel through my body and letting me feel what I needed to feel. Mm. And um, I I have actually a beautiful story of an embodiment in that way, um, if we have enough time to share. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah so... Um, Back in at the end of December, when I saw her for that per for that purpose for the the shadow work and this ancestral healing, um, uh, she actually gave me a drop of uh, black cohosh, and uh, I didn't know it was black cohosh. But so I had done like two or three drops before that, and you know I fell through them. I told her like what came up, and usually it was in you know a resonance with what she knew about the plant. So that's that's why it's pretty magical. Like we're we're really mm-hmm. capable of and. Um, you know, embodying the spirit of the plant and let it speak to us. And when she put the drop of black cohosh on my hand, I remember staring at it and I took a, a deep breath and I felt like I knew something was going to happen. And it's almost like the plant was already doing its work, you know. And I remember taking the drop and I closed my eyes and I felt so, it, oh gosh, it's amazing. I have goosebumps, just spirit bumps, just like thinking about it. And I actually had no words that came up. It was all in my body. And so I felt the drop traveling and the the energy went all the way down into my womb. Mm. And I remember feeling this heat down there. And, but then the thing is, it turned kind of, emotional and uncomfortable and I felt I felt my womb being linked to my heart I felt this energetic between my heart and my womb but what I felt is that my heart starting beating faster and I felt like something was being ripped apart and I felt my I remember feeling the sensation of loss and separation mm-hmm. and like deep, deep grief. And I started co- kind of convulsing and, you know, kind of almost mm-hmm. panicking, but I started sobbing. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I closed my eyes. I sobbed for five long minutes. Mm-hmm. And after like two minutes in, Leslie was just like, I know she was next to me. She, she I was not looking at her. I was really in my own experience of embodiment, you know, embodying that plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I actually told her, I remember it's like, I lost a child before, not in this life, but I actually experienced like death at childbirth. And 
I I really felt like my heart was aching, my womb was hurting, and that especially that sense of loss and separation, like this energetic, like kind of leaving my body, and that was, and that was incredible because I had no vision, just the feeling in my body. And when I finally opened my eyes and calmed down and looked at her, she was crying as well, and and she was just. And then she told me, she was like, this is Black Cohosh. And and she said, this is amazing because Black Cohosh is a woman's plant. And actually, Mm -hmm. it is usually given to women to start contractions. Mm -hmm. I've heard that, yeah. and, And to, you know, like to help with delivery. And so I was just amazed at what this plant message was to me. And... And it's pretty incredible, right? Because I had the intention to to find support for ancestral healing. And I was working around past lives and I was really deep in this shadow work. And and I actually already had a session with a healer where she had told me that I died in childbirth before. And, you know, it was it, it's very traumatic. So and it all made sense afterwards because I've always had this deep love for children, especially babies, and I wasn't sure, you know, why. So, anyways, I don't want to get off tangent here, but um, just saying that for me, embodiment with plants is that's how it is. Usually, it's when I take, you know, I take it, a plant and I let it speak to me through mm-hmm. my body, and and that was pretty pretty amazing experience. Um, so, Black Kohosh, I love you if you're yeah. hearing me. <laughs> Have you, t- did you start taking it after that? Yeah. So it ended up being part of my, my blend that we made uh, called Ancestral Healing Tincture. Mm, so wow. I have a few different plants. I have five or six different plants in there. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's magical. Whew. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need some of that. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a great embodiment story. Cause it's like, it's not your your mind, you know, it's like I think of embodiment and what isn't embodiment and really anything is embodiment, but sometimes um sometimes we get those kind of messages as as maybe words or thoughts, but that was like a pure just body message, like sensation mm-hmm. and and then just a knowing, you know, the knowing that you had lost a child just from the feeling of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't like a voice that told you that. It was a feeling. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing <laughs> example of embodiment. <laughs> uh, what about you? What about me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to figure that out too. But yeah, I think embodiment for me, um, definitely similar with plants. A lot of my work with flower essences have been almost like this unexplainable sensations that I, you know, that I can't explain any other way. Like, I don't know why all of a sudden I feel this way. And mm-hmm. So embodying emotions and different mental states, um, gosh, yeah, that's a big question. That's that's part of why I'm starting this podcast is to see if I can <laughs> find the answer to it. I think um, for me, I don't see myself as a particularly embodied person, but it's like been a huge part of my healing journey to try and be more embodied because I think, gosh, and I've just been having even more downloads on this recently around just like a childhood surgery and different things that have happened to me in my life. And I I think I've lived a lot of my life very unembodied and I guess you would call dis, dissociated. Mm-hmm. And so that that looks like, for me, it, it looks and feels like being very in my head, you know, just intellectualizing, yeah. thinking about things in a very rational way. And that's probably, you know, what people say that that's what you know, leads you to math and science and that's what Mm -hmm. I'm kind of doing. And, but then, you know, there's only a certain point where I could do that. And then a lot of the health issues I've, I've had, have had to have brought me back to needing to be embodied. So whether it's issues with pain in my body, needing to listen, issues with digestion, needing to, you know, really feel like what, what does my body need right now in terms of food or, Mm. um, but even just, little things like what you're saying, like, how do I listen to my body in an, I think cold water is a really interesting one. Cause I feel like there's part of my body that really doesn't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's part of my body that knows it'll feel really good. Mm-hmm. And so these are the kind of the paradoxes that I'm in right now, where if you really crave pizza 
and then afterwards you don't feel very good, you know, <laughs> which one is embodied, you know? Yeah. So, oh, wow. trying to, so these are like the questions that I'm, the unanswered questions that I'm working around, around embodiment and, and even just with plants, like always having that slightly critical voice come in and be like, well, maybe this is like some preconceived thing that I have about this plant, you know? So trying to yeah. really like feel for like, which, what is real mm-hmm. and, and, but yeah, on the emotional realm, it's been the most helpful thing just going back to cold water, but any, any emotion that doesn't feel good is related to that. In that if you just bring it back to your body, then those emotions like are able to be felt and then they just move through you. So like I'm doing this grief workshop and that's a big thing is like, I find myself getting into these, I call them eddies where I just feel like I'm going in circles around a thought and the thought Mm -hmm. is just making me more and more miserable in whatever way. And, and then being like, Oh, just stepping out of it and being, Oh, I'm, I don't feel good. Like what, what does it actually feel like in my body? Mm -hmm. Like how can I describe this sensation to someone? Like, is it a tightness? Is it a heat? Mm -hmm. Is it, um, do I feel low? Is my energy close to the ground? Is it up in the sky? Trying to bring it back to sensations in my body. Maybe like thinking about what do I taste and hear and smell? Um, so that's, that's how I use embodiment as like a tool. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, it kind of goes in lots of different realms. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also thinking about like how is embodiment connected to intuition? Cause that's a big word that people use and mm. like, equally <laughs> ambiguous, you know, <laughs> how do you define those two words? So, and yeah. how are they, how are they related? Yeah. Gosh, I use intuition a lot. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, I think that. it's a kind of a similar thing. It's like, mm-hmm. um, is the intuition coming from something outside of you, you know, or is the intuition coming from your body? That's a question I think about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I never thought about it myself. But I think that either way, embodiment and intuition, it has nothing to do with our thoughts in our brain. So it's 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 really about shutting that off, you know? And mm-hmm. like you said, having when we have preconceived ideas about something, it's it's usually, you know, kind of like getting in the way of full embodiment or intuition. Um, I feel like, um, intuition for me is usually a very direct and it's, it's like, I, I, I can't give it too much thought. It just like, I receive a clear message usually with intuition and mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's an inner knowing and it's, it can be actually like reflected by like through your body, um, or feeling more than an actual thought, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like there. Yeah, for me, I think intuition has no words. Usually, I can't explain it. It's an in, like inner knowing. You know, like it's hunch. like your body. Yeah. yeah, your body knows, and you don't need to put words on that. It's I think mm-hmm. it comes like we say. You know, trust your gut, trust your intuition. It like comes from deep inside of you, mm-hmm. not from up in your brain. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to think, make peace with my brain because yes, I feel that way, but. I, um, one of the things I've been trying to do is like, my brain's just trying to be helpful, you know, and I'm really grateful that it's always trying to look for patterns and always (laughs) trying to assume that something that maybe happened in the past is going to happen again. It's trying to protect me, you know? (laughs) And so trying to get it on, you know, get it on board with this new goal of mine, which is to be open and to be looking for more subtle things and looking for intuitive things. And then the brain's job is to take the feeling and translate it into something. Maybe Mm. it does become words, you know, maybe it is, I had this feeling and now I'm describing the feeling with words, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're using words right now and our brain's helping us do that. So getting our brains on the the same team and not just leaving them out completely, but Mm -hmm. I totally feel you on the it, it, that's what my problem's been is intellectualizing things. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. I understand what, you know, I understand what a massage is, but I've never got one, you know, kind of like I think about yeah. like the yeah. difference between understanding what something is mm-hmm. and feeling it in your body is, is worth looking at. Yeah. It's an interesting mm-hmm. topic. Wow. Cool. I think we covered a lot. I would love to have you on again. I feel like we could go 
deeper with so many things. And um, I'm so grateful you shared so vulnerably about all the work you've been doing. And I just have so many more personal questions for you. And it's (laughs) amazing how many similarities and things that line up in our lives. So grateful to have you in my life. Do you want to share? Yeah, I know. We could just go on all night. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any last um, words to share? And then I also, where can we find you on the internet? Or if you want to share your Instagram or... Well, I'm I'm definitely grateful for the experience, you know, the opportunity to be on that podcast with you because I actually, I realized that all the questions that you ask, you know, I, I don't, I don't get to be asked that very often. And um, it feels good to have more of that, you know, that closeness with people and like, and dear friends, they're kind of, you know, we get each other and we have the same interests and, and waves of, you know, um, being curious. So Mm -hmm. thank you for all your beautiful questions um, tonight. And um, yeah. And so as for my, yeah, my, (laughs) My soon-to-be business. <laughs> Everyone's time... going to fall in love with you, so they're going to come looking for you. <laughs> like, Who's well, this beautiful voice? <laughs> I hope that by the time the, the episode is released, that it will be actually launched. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's called Mother Cedar Herbal. Um, and uh, you can find me on Etsy um, by tapping in Mother Cedar. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, also on Instagram at Mother Cedar. So Mother under dash Cedar. Um, yeah. And so I basically on, on Instagram, I'm kind of hoping, uh, to get a bit more active and, uh, it's going to be a mix of, uh, medicinal plants, uh, you know, medicine making, but also nature connection stories, uh, because of course nature is such a big part of my life that I don't want to just be sharing about, uh, just like specific plants and what I make with what I do with them, but, uh, also my own experience, like navigating, you know, the world, um, through nature connection, um, and uh, yeah, so <laughs> yay! That's you're a, such that's... an inspiration. <laughs> I okay, I can't resist. I know I'm trying to wrap up, but yeah. you said earlier that you had a story oh. <laughs> around the name. I don't know if you want to share it, oh, but <laughs> yes, oh yes, of course, and it doesn't have to be long. Well, mm-hmm. um, so like I said, uh, um, I spent the majority of my winter outside in the woods. Um, and in the dark and uh but of course not only in the dark but i remember so there's this place that i love going to and i would actually go through a little patch kind of almost like bushwalking it was not like a trail that was really traveled but it would lead to a secret spot on the beach of the lake and that's where i did all like most of my my cold dips through the winter and on the way there there's this beautiful cedar tree and um that I intuitively felt called to go to the first time. And I remember I ended up getting close to it and uh, hugging it and just starting feeling, you know, like sharing words of gratitude. And I remember telling Cedar, um, just like, thank you for being here. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being here always. And, um, inviting us to be here uh and so i remember just feeling such deep gratitude and as i I was sharing that i started i started crying Mm -hmm. and i almost felt like that cedar was wrapping its arms around me and it was a very powerful moment because for the first time uh, it was probably i think in february so for the first time through that shadow work um, since I was, like I said, working a lot about mother when I lost my mother years ago. And so she's been a huge part of my healing. Um, and I, for the first time with that tree, I was able to feel the maternal love again. Like mm-hmm. I felt like this tree became my mother and I was able to fully surrender in her arms and mm-hmm. being held and letting everything come out. And yeah, and, you know, feeling this unconditional love and that I had not felt in such a long time. And that's why I decided, you know, I've, I thought of the name and I came to Mother Cedar because cedar has, you know, this meaning to me now. And so, yeah, it's a it's a special tree. And every time I stop by, you know, I, I just say hello and kiss it. And, you know, it just... Ooh, I 
meet your tree. <laughs> yeah, you have to come visit me. Yeah, I'm going to come visit. You have to come visit me. <laughs> wow, yeah. that was a beautiful story. Mm, yeah, mm, it's really Very nice. Cool. There's this one quote that that I just thought of that I someone said in my grief workshop, which was, you may have heard it before, that tears are the food for our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm. So beautiful. It kind of feels like it wraps up a lot of the things we're talking yes. about. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Mm. Well, thank you so much. And thank so much you, love Michaela. to you on this late Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> late? No, it's only thank 1040. That's, oh, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> night has just begun for us. Yeah, <laughs> Time to work on herbal it. projects. <laughs> So many oils to strain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, right. well, thank you for having me, Michaela. Yeah, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Embodied Curiosity. I hope you picked up some valuable insights to inspire you to stay curious and embodied.